my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone. And welcome to today's episode of HR Sound Off. Today in the sound booth, for the last couple episodes, you would have heard that I was having conversations with persons who are not necessarily HR pros, but are here to help us as HR pros, because I believe that that's important. As we step into 2021, we are going to do this with purpose. We are going to do this with strength. We're starting strong and we're going to finish strong. One of the things that I always get asked is, Julie, I'm having issues communicating effectively with my manager, or I'm having issues communicating communicating effectively with an employee. If I'm now starting out in, in HR, how do I communicate the things that I need? Or I'm in HR and I've been in HR for so long, um, I'm getting frustrated because my manager isn't giving me what I need in order for me to develop and grow. How do I communicate that? How do I communicate that something is wrong and this is how we can fix it? when my leadership doesn't listen to me. And so every time I get these questions, the key thing comes up in my mind, communication, 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 and why it is key. And who can I have this conversation with that is gonna inspire us as HR into 2021 and beyond on how we can communicate clearly, concisely, and effectively. Step into um, August of 2020. The first time I ever encountered my guest today, Monique Russell. She was on a stage giving a talk and this woman blew me away in one. And it just fascinated me, the fact that she is a communications expert. And from that moment until now, I knew that I had to have Monique as a guest on the show to have a conversation with me and just understanding what that conversation was going to be about. And as I said to Monique just a few minutes ago, serendipitous it was that people were asking me this question for the last couple of weeks and we were about to have this conversation. So today we are going to be talking about clear, effective communication for you as HR professionals in your space, whether you're talking to leaders or you're talking to employees, how do you communicate your ask? How do you communicate clear, effectively and concisely? And to have that conversation with me today, I welcome to the sound booth. Monique Russell. Monique, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, Julie. I am fantastic. Thank you for having me on this show. I'm excited to be able to share, like share my knowledge and expertise and just give some support and encouragement, especially to HR leaders and HR professionals, because you guys have literally, you have one of the most difficult and challenging jobs and you get it from all sides. So I am definitely a fan of encouraging HR professionals um, in communication. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really am excited to have you here and have this conversation with you as well. But before we get started, tell the world, who is Monique Russell? Where do you, where are you from? What do you do? And how Um, did you get here? (laughs) 
Oh, goodness gracious. I am from the beautiful islands of the Bahamas, which makes this podcast even more special because I know you are from Barbados and I love all things Caribbean, as you can tell. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a mission in my heart to really be able to give back and serve in the communities that just really had so much influence on who I am today. So I grew up in the beautiful islands of the Bahamas and I'm also from Nigeria. Okay. And I um, run a training, coaching, and consulting firm, Claire Communication Solutions, where we focus on helping people to just turn their likes into loves in their business and their life. And that's done through communication strategies, through workshops, through group coaching, and through online training. And my work primarily focuses with women leaders. I have several women leaders right now within the continent of Africa, in the United States, and in the Caribbean, that I have had the pleasure to coach and serve in this area, um, especially around the areas of public speaking, using your voice so you can be seen, heard, and understood. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And in your time, in your experience, in your travels, you've also had the opportunity to win awards. And I know recently you passed a major feat with the Association of Talent Development. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't win. So I said I wasn't going to talk about it. Just oh, kidding. No. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So just for fun. So one of the things that I really encourage people to do, not just women, anyone who's building a brand, you want to build your brand with intention. And so ATD, Association for Talent Development, is one of the world's largest associations that support people who focus on talent development. It's in over 120 countries. Mm -hmm. And um, when the opportunity came across my desk to compete for the ATD Master Trainer Showdown, I said, hmm, looks like fun. So I decided to go ahead and put in my bid. I wasn't really expecting anything. Mm -hmm. And so I submitted. And then what do you know? I landed in the top five. Yes. And so I landed in the top five. That required me to compete with five other, uh, four other people to demonstrate, demonstrate the skills of instructional design, audience engagement, learning methodologies, and things of that sort. And um, that happened. And like I said, I, I didn't win. No. At first, I was like, I started for fun. Yeah. And then as we were getting closer to the um, time, I was like, hmm, I think I want to win this thing. Uh -huh. And so anyway, <laughs> I, I showed up and I, I actually spoke on the psychology of the virtual learner and using the power of your voice as a tool for engagement. It went over extremely well. Mm -hmm. And I got multiple requests to actually teach in other um, parts of the country mm -hmm. and um, to speak at ad additional chapters um, within, the, within other areas of the country. Okay. So this was not just a fun opportunity. It was a way to build my brand. It's a credible organization. It's an extension, a new exposure. And these are things that I teach my clients to think about creative ways to build their brand and, and to be digitally relevant mm -hmm. and have digital presence. Because mm -hmm. right now, we've experienced so much change. And since we're not able to convene in person, yeah 
you definitely want to put a lot of your emphasis on how you show up online. So yeah. especially folks within the Caribbean, um, that's one area I want to see a lot more intention go into. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And even though you didn't win, you're still a winner in my heart. And you still won because you got opportunities that you got exposed to other opportunities that have um, expanded your horizon. So that's amazing. Yes. So you still won. You still won. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I know I won. I know I won. Either way, I won. But you know, the reality is we do experience those emotions. Yeah. And, you know, just acknowledging it. That's another aspect of the self-awareness I focus on. Just acknowledging it, not Mm -hmm. beating yourself up for feeling it because it's just a natural body emotion. Exactly. I'm so proud of you. Well done. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about clear and effective communication as HR professionals. It's one of those things that we tend to struggle with quite a bit. And one of the time, many times we hear HR professionals say, oh, you know, my leadership doesn't listen to me or I can't get this out of leadership because they don't think it's relevant or they don't think it matters. And really and truthfully, it's all about the ask and how we act and how we communicate that. And so I wanted to have this conversation with you in particular. What would, how would you define effective communication? So <clears throat> I would say effective communication, it, it involves you sharing a message and having that message or the intention of what you wanna communicate received in the way that you intended. So if you are requesting time off, for example, and you're requesting time off because you've been working 60, 70 hours for the last four weeks, even though you are in a state where your organization needs you and there may be critical project time, you're asking with the intention of having it approved because you really need the time off. And so if you're asking your leader or your manager and they are unable to grasp your intention or your why, and they just turn you down, then there's a disconnect in, in, in how you deliver your message and how it is received. But if you can get that person on the other side to connect with your intention and to connect with the goal of why you are expressing yourself, then the communication is much more effective. So the, dis- the c- discrepancy and the tension comes between, well, I didn't mean it like that. Well, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Well, that's not what I actually mean. No, you're not getting the point. All of those things are um, indicators that the message, the way you have it in your mind, the way it's intended may not have been transferred or translated the way that you hope for. Mm-hmm. So there's opportunity for growth there. Yeah. And so there are a lot of key things that you said there. And one of those things is intention. And I know a lot of times we have something in our head that we're trying to communicate. um, And as we're going to put it out there, we have this, as you said, disconnect, but it comes with that word intention. I'm really intentional about it. And so what I would ask is how do we clarify that act? How do we clarify it so we are communicating it more effectively? What are some of your tips? So that's a big loaded question because yeah, I know. It, can't, it can't be answered just um, in general, but I'll do right. my best to give you um, some really strong guidance. Um, there's so many facets in the whole communication cycle. 
And so even if you just have words and phrases that are effective or words and phrases that communicate your message clearly, that's not enough. Right. You have to be able to look at the timing of your communication. You have to look at the person who's receiving it and what type of communication style they primarily receive their information in because your goal isn't just to get the message out there. So before you, before you even uh, begin to clarify or, you know, tighten up your wording or your messaging, messaging is crucial. Messaging is very crucial. You want to make sure that you have an understanding of how that person on the other end receives information. What is that person going through at that time? What will get this individual to say yes or see things from this perspective? Mm -hmm. How do they normally respond to conflict or something that they disagree with? So your job is almost like you got to be a private investigator (laughs) and find out, you know, Mm -hmm. all those things on the other person, but you also need to investigate yourself. So just because you're the person delivering the message, it doesn't mean that you are exempt from understanding how you come across and and whether or not your ask is connected to the organizational goals. Sometimes your manager may be making decisions based on something that is outside of your normal uh, reference. So it's your job to help your manager. Your manager is your audience, just like if you were you know, in a speaking engagement. Mm-hmm. So it's your job to find out what your audience needs so mm-hmm. that you can deliver it in the way they need to hear it, not mm-hmm. in the way that you want to sh- share it. <laughs> you know, okay, my question was loaded. Therefore, your answer was loaded. There's so many parts. So, so, so many so levels. And, and, now, and now I need to break it down. so the first thing that you mentioned about understanding your manager that is key and I like what you said about understanding like the time of day to communicate um the circumstance to communicate under my mother always say you gotta learn how when and where and she would say that in general as you communicate with anyone um but especially with your manager is really important. And as you said that, like a story came in my head and I was thinking about, um, there were times when I would communicate with my CFO and I would always do it. um, If I wanted to get something in particular, I would always communicate it after I've had a conversation with him about his daughter, how the weekend went, um, just kind of like mellow him down a bit, then kind of work my way into the particular situation and why, why I'm asking for this particular thing to get my yes. So I totally agree with you um, there in that it's important that you understand your audience, when to communicate, and then understand how. But you touched something that I did, I'd never even thought of, which was understanding yourself. Because I don't think a lot of people um, think about what that particular aspect of communication is understanding yourself and understanding why you want it and how you should communicate it. So I wanna go into this a little bit more because I've never, like I said, explored that person. It kind of pricked something in my head, ding, 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 understand yourself. Why is it important to understand yourself prior to the ask or communicating your ask? 
This is the part of emotional intelligence and self-awareness that I am a big proponent of. Mm -hmm. And I actually have several exercises in my ultimate speaker's guide that really focus on self-awareness and blending it with public speaking. Mm -hmm. Because just having the technical know-how and the technical aspect is not enough. But when you understand yourself, you know what time of day you communicate best. Mm -hmm. You know your own communication style. And what we end up receiving or giving out is often a reflection of our own perception, like uh, our own mindset. Mm. So when you are in a place, I know earlier you talked about, let's say the HR leaders maybe being in a um, role for a very long time and feeling frustrated. This is something that can happen, but with the self-awareness, you can understand how to now move your focus or shift your focus to something that will help you feel fulfilled because the external factors and the external environment isn't always going to be motivating for you. You have to be able to tap into that well of inspiration and motivation from the inside. Yeah. And it's difficult if you've been in an environment for a long time that has been demotivating or, or disempowering. So yeah. then it, it's like, what do you pull on? What do you pull on if you're in that environment and you feel weighted and you feel um, loaded down? You pill, I, I'll tell you what to pull on. You pull, you pull on the times where you've already made an impact. You look at the times where you and your role as an HR professional, you've transformed someone's life. You go back into why did I get into this in the first place? Most, most HR people get into it because they want to help people. They just truly want to help people. It's a, yeah. it's a giving occupation. It's a service occupation, but sometimes the business or the organizational factors can taint the role and lead to sort of a negative uh, reputation, if you will. Yeah. So now when you have an external environment where you're not motivated, you're not feeling empowering, you have a, a negative reputation, where do you begin? Yes. That's the power of activating self-awareness because mm -hmm. it will give you an opportunity to say, okay, I need to build a community. I need to raise my voice as in terms of speaking up when I see someone else trying to do something. I need to be able to focus on the positive aspects of my industry. It's almost like you're, you're branding yourself yeah. and you're branding your HR um, profession all over again. And then before long, people will say, they may say something bad about the HR profession, but then they will say something positive about you. Well, Julie, Julie ain't like the other HR people. Julie ain't like the other folks. She cares or whatever have you. So now you are tapping into other aspects of communication, which is that branding, which is that interpersonal, yeah. because you have that self-awareness, knowing that I can't sit in this space by myself and expect to, to shift my own self and shift the organization. Because let's be real, in the Caribbean, there is a lot of patriarchal influence. Yes. Um, and so that's not going away completely anytime soon. So no. you have to be able to know how to navigate, how to navigate within those um, structures. This is super powerful. Everything that you have said has hit the nail on so many things that I have tried to communicate to my peers and my colleagues for years, the importance of recognizing what you have within yourself number one. 
So being aware of what you bring to the table and the times when it has, you have been able to make a positive impact. I love the fact that you talked about uh, the fact that our field is tainted. It can be tainted. We can be in organizations where leaders taint our reputation. I have heard, and I've experienced it myself, where sometimes you have something happening in the organization. Someone makes a recommendation, or oh, maybe we should run this by HR. And they go, oh, we don't need HR. You don't need to run this by HR. Well, you don't need to talk to HR about that. Oh, no, we don't need to involve HR in this, so we don't need to involve HR in that. And then when the proverbial doo-doo hits the fan, then it's, oh, let's talk to HR. Whereas that communication could have happened a, lo a long time back before you were, oh, let's not involve HR because they're just going to impede this or they're going to block that or they're going to stop this or they're going to stop that. Um, and that all comes with blocking us out of the understanding of the strategy. And especially if you're working for, and I know this happens a lot in the Caribbean, we work for a lot of organizations that are family-owned, family-driven businesses. And so they have all this legacy and so on. And it's very hard to um, deal with this thing that is blood that is thicker than water versus this thing of I... Different dynamic altogether. A completely different dynamic. But this is the reality of what a lot of HR professionals, especially in the Caribbean, are facing. We work, we work for these family-driven organizations, these machines that are driven by a mother, father, brother, sister combination, auntie, uncle, everybody in the mix. And it's like you can't really get to this place of, well, you've hired me to do this job let me do my job, listen to me when I make these suggestions. Um, I'm more than paperwork, I'm more than this or I'm more than that. And being able to communicate that. And I think that what you said about branding yourself, stepping outside of that and building your community, recognizing that you are more than this and you are more than that. And then when your organization sees that, then they go, oh, okay. So maybe now I should be asking Monique this, or I should be asking Monique that and getting that feedback and getting that understanding. I really- I want to say, you are so welcome. I want to say that this is one of the reasons why I am so passionate about having local solutions to local problems, because mm -hmm. I do know that, you know, a lot of times in the Caribbean and even in African countries, we look to the Western solutions to apply. And then there is also another set of disconnect because it's like these solutions that work within this organization, they're not localized. So when you talk about family oriented structures, that's real, that's different. Um, when you talk about patriarchy, there are some uh, countries where patriarchy is literally in the constitution. It's legal, it's legal emotionally, psychologically. And so you can't really compare um, apples to apples, but no. what, what, it, what is something that really needs to be taken into consideration is that even if you have all of those tools, you cannot do it alone. Mm. And um, being able to successfully thrive, like right now I'm on the heels of um, a workshop that 
you know, I'm um, teaching for women who are in muted cultures and helping them to unmute their voice. And this is in cultures where women's roles have literally been subservient or, you know, second. Mm -hmm. So to be able to find someone who can successfully navigate the the conditions, you have to, first of all, like you said, get in yourself, reject those uh, labels, reject that mindset, because we've been oriented and conditioned to believe that, okay, they don't care about me. They don't, they don't, they don't listen to me. You might as well give up. You might as well give up. I think the mindset is the first thing, but then understanding the landscape. So you can often hear sometimes people feel like, well, just because I didn't get a yes, it didn't work. Yes is not the the outcome or the metric of a successful communication. So you have to be able to understand and navigate those conditions and then also not taking it personally. Mm -hmm. So someone might feel like, well, you know how you gave that example, Julie, where you where you spoke to the CFO about his daughter, and then you you know had your ask in that conversation. It was very um, timely, strategic. Someone else may see that same example, and they will say, "Well, I don't have to do that. I don't I don't feel like I need to kiss up to anybody and this and that. I just need to say what I need to say." And 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 they may feel as though them using those strategies takes away from them personally, but it doesn't. No. You're not, you're not losing anything. Mm-hmm. You're not, um, you're not weakening yourself. You're mm-hmm. simply, it's almost like a chess game. You're yep. simply using the right tool and the right strategy, communications mm-hmm. strategy yep. for the situation at hand. Yes. Because you don't, like you said before, you, you are dealing with different people. How I communicate with one person and based on what they need in order for me to be able to get what I need is different to how I communicate with you or how I communicate with anybody else. Um, we're all different. And so you have to understand what people, who people are and what it is that they require in order for you to achieve what you need to achieve. And as you said, rightly so, it is, I've never played chess. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a draft I person, can't but, play I totally, can't play, but I totally, totally get where you're coming from in terms of, it is all about strategy and building strategy and understanding, you know, what's on the board and what tools you have to work with and then creating the necessary communication plan that will get you where you need to go. Because I like what you said. Yes, there are people who are going to say, I don't need to do that. But then you need to ask yourself, how do you get what you want to get? Is it that you're, you're more focused on, I don't want to kiss up to nobody versus I want to get what I want to get because it's going to help the people because that's where your focus is on the people versus I, I just don't want to kiss up. You know that's- what I mean? That's the self-awareness piece that we, that we really focus on and talk about because that even that mindset of, okay, it's, it's kissing up is because we haven't had those earlier um, exposures to communicating effectively. Maybe when you were exposed to leadership roles, you know, there's a lot of the uh, dictatorship feeling or the micromanagement feeling that's very common in the Caribbean organization. So mm-hmm. it's like, Okay, now you feel um, you feel as though communicating effectively should not 
it, it should, there should be some sort of power structure mm-hmm. or, um, you know, it means that one person is high and, and the other person is low, not actually understanding that it's a, it's a dance. Yeah. It's really a, a, a give and take. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with your self-worth as an individual or, um, the ego, but, yeah. but the ego is very, heavily driven in those cultures and in those organizations. So again, knowing how do you now connect with a person or a leader who's driven by their ego? You have to unfortunately find strategies to appease the ego while you're also mm-hmm. working on getting the result that you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's one thing that we definitely have to decipher within ourselves where when we're in a position as we are as HR professionals, where we're trying to engage the workforce and we're trying to create strategies that are going to lead to high engagement, um, sometimes we have to focus on the fact that it's not about us. Um, These are the people that we are working with and therefore we have to find the best way to communicate with these individuals in order to get what we need to achieve um, our, whether it's our KPIs or our OKRs or whatever it is that we're working with, how we achieve that. But there is a kind of difference in the way we communicate in those family-oriented organizations versus a culturally diverse organization. And I want to talk a little bit about this because one of the things that we have a lot of in the Caribbean is offshore organizations um, within our com- within our country. So a lot of people come from different places all around the world to work in, in our on our islands, um, creating organizations. And so we have all of these culturally diverse backgrounds. One of the things that I have really appreciated being um, set to work in those in those environments is encouraging people to understand the cultures that they are working with from the outset. What are some of the ways that we as HR professionals can effectively communicate with our our new leaders coming in from different parts of the world to help them understand the culture that they are hiring in, that they are working in? We get lots of um, very, what's the word I want to use, career-limiting statements that can be made by these people that can immediately impact the relationship that you're going to have with them? How can we effectively communicate with persons like this to help them understand who we are as a people Mm. when they come into work in our country? So I think um, the HR professionals, you guys have such an incredible opportunity to influence influence awareness and influence change sort Mm -hmm. of you know sort of like this cultural explosion this big cultural melting pot because you get exposure to the other cultures but you also they also get exposure to you and the thing that I would recommend is sort of um First, you understanding where that individual is coming from, the cultural practices, because we have high context culture, we have low context cultures. Um, A lot of the Caribbean, African countries, they're very high context cultures where we are focused on a lot of nonverbal to fill in the blanks. And maybe Western cultures may have um, much more lower context cultures, very direct, not so much of trying to read in between the blanks, not so much of, you know, 
um, figuring, figuring it out. So when you have an opportunity to kind of do a mentorship, this is what I suggest. It's almost like a reverse mentee mentor relationship where you're mentoring your leader in your culture Mm -hmm. and you're mentoring your leader, not just I mean, you can start with food. Food is always a great way to begin conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a connecting point. There's no confusion around food. There's a lot of curiosity around it. And then begin to to begin to introduce certain other colloquialisms or um, behaviors or ways of practice. Okay, if you say this, it may come across as this. Or, um, you know, what? What, what do you want to, how do you want your employees to feel or how do you want them to support you? Always um, considering the view of that leader as well. Because yeah. leaders want to be respected and admired by their employees. So mm-hmm. you're going to take the approach that this is something that you're proactively helping them to have better results yeah. in their organization. The mistake that I see many HR professionals make is there is no direct understanding between what you want right now and yeah. how it impacts the business. Yeah it impacts the business right here, how it impacts the business globally. So you have an opportunity to really stretch and to be curious and to ask questions of that leader as well. Well, how are things going there? And then just help them. You're you're setting them up to win. Yes, exactly. People want to be set up to win. Yes. No, so I think that taking on that approach of a reverse mentee um, mentor role Mm -hmm. and then using stories, using storytelling, you know, um, using stories, personal stories, connected stories that bridge both you and that leader to see things, stories about the organization. That's another aspect that I feel HR leaders building brands who want to stand out can develop that skill of using stories. And I talk about that in my uh, speaker's guide as well, like the storytelling portion, how to use your own story, how to connect it to the business goal, and just really using it as an opportunity to help people get the information, like connect the dots. Because simply talking about it without wrapping it in a story is a missed opportunity. Yeah, you, you, you don't you, you don't have the context no. and, and have to have context in the message that you're sharing. So there's I see so many opportunities for HR. I love that so much. Oh, my goodness. Like that. You just open a box there that I know I'm going to definitely be looking at using for the future because that reverse mentoring is really important but it's a two-way relationship so you're building that relationship understand their culture and you understand them and the reason why I asked you that question Moni is because I have so many people who always say to me um if they're working in an offshore company from an HR perspective you know um the employees are complaining because they come from a particular culture where swearing in every five sentences is normal for them Whereas in the, in the Caribbean, that is not normal for us. It's not. It might be in our, um, in certain neighborhoods, a norm, but it's not the norm at the workplace on the job. And so I know a lot of people who struggle with that when they have persons who come from North or South America um, and they have this verbiage that really makes people feel uncomfortable. And um, how do you effectively communicate this particular 
um, scenario. My boss wears every five, in every five sentences, like how do I tell him I don't like that? I, I, I prefer you not communicate that way to me. How do, how do, how do they, how do they um, effectively communicate that? So, so several things at play, and I could even think back to times where that's been a situation for me too, where before I, to be honest with you, before I actually had that self-awareness and that understanding, it would be such a turnoff that I, that like, there's nothing, it's almost yeah. like a wall goes up because you can't respect that person if you feel like the way that they're communicating is a way that you don't appreciate, you don't value, value you don't respect. Yeah, but in yeah. another environment, that type of behavior may have no effect. So again, it's understanding where they're coming from, taking the mindset that they're not really aware how this is impacting their brand and their reputation. Mm -hmm. They're not really aware how this is actually stifling productivity because when someone doesn't respect you, especially in the Caribbean, they don't care. Like shut it down, forget it. I ain't doing nothing extra, whatever have you. Like, so I would say, you know, when you are looking to have a courageous conversation where you're pointing out the way someone's communication may be negatively impacting them, mm -hmm. you want to be curious, take it in an approach of curiosity. Hey, Julie, you may not be aware of this, but when you communicate this way, it shuts everything that you say off and it stifles productivity. May not be that exact language, but you start with the curiosity that, you know what, you may not be aware of this. Or, you know, did you know that, you know, when you use this word in our meetings, people just shut off yeah. or people don't take you seriously mm -hmm. or, you know, um, just really giving some coaching guidance around how it's impacting the business. Yeah. Um, would you be open to, I, would you be open to a short experiment? I want to see the impact and the result. If you, if you describe this project or this goal or need in this way, without using any of these words, I want to, I want to see the impact and the result of what's going to happen within the workplace. Right. Um, you know, just getting them to start thinking that, oh, yeah. okay, this might be different. This is provided that you have a leader that's open and receptive to that right. because some leaders, they don't care. Exactly. They don't care what you think. They don't care. Like I said, they're all ego driven. Yeah. So you now again have to think about how are you navigating within that ego driven environment? What is that person um, needing? Um, if they are, what are they driven by? Yeah. Maybe they're driven by the vision that they could be more respected. If they're not driven by the vision that they could be more respected, may, maybe they're driven by um, pain that, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to cause them to lose money. It's going to cause them to lose employees. It's going to cause them to, um, their, their bottom line will look poor yeah. when, when they have a high turnover and they have a negative reputation and nobody wants to work for them. So you, you have to kind of think about First, taking a curious standpoint, um, you know, approaching the conversation courageously, um, stepping outside of your own barriers of limitation, because you have to know that this is, this is an approach that it may not work for me, but just because it may not work for me and my culture, it doesn't mean that I am 
shutting myself off to an opportunity. The other day I had um, a live interview and um, as soon as the live interview started, the person started with these swear words, right? And um, typically that's not what we would start with. And I do know like some people in my audience, they don't care and some people they do, Mm -hmm. but would I, would I allow that to stop me from having such rich content or rich conversation? Um, would I allow that to actually prevent me from serving the audience and serving the community with what we intended to do? So again, me taking the judgment out, you know, we we're, we're doing a lot of judging. And so when we're judging, that's also a reflection of how you judge yourself. You're judging yourself and holding yourself to such high standards of perfection and what it should look like that you're missing an opportunity to connect at a deeper level and serve other people in a more powerful way. Yeah. I, I take a pause for the meaningfulness of the statements that you've just made because I think that it's important for people to understand that they have a place, they have a space, and they are worthy of holding that place and that space in whatever moment they are in. And I think that we as HR sometimes, we, we give so much that we forget or we neglect to hold that space for ourselves in that particular moment. So I thank you for sharing that. That was You're really important. You are so welcome. So I would ask you to just give your closing three tips, three key ways that we can win effectively right now in communicating in our organizations as HR professionals. What three pieces of advice would you give us right now that you think are key for us to win right now in terms of our effectively communicating in our organization? So the first thing I will always say is become your own student, get to know yourself, develop your self-awareness. You cannot see the picture from inside the frame. So make sure that you connect with someone or people who can coach you or guide you through new ways of thinking. Older ways of thinking uh, may not be the same approach that we need for future. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is continuous self-development, continuous improvement. One of the biggest areas that I often tout is public speaking because it forces you to practice thinking about your audience, thinking about your message, using stories to connect, assessing imposter syndrome. I cover all of this in my speaker's guide. And, And I say public speaking is definitely a way for HR professionals to connect with the employees Mm -hmm. and also to connect with those that are leading them as well. So the, the other thing is, so become your student, um, develop your skills in public speaking, Mm -hmm. and then really focusing on the heart set. So heart set, meaning we focus a lot as HR professionals and you guys as, as HR leaders in terms of building skills. Uh, what are the skills that are needed for our people? What are the skills that are needed for our leaders? What are the skills that are needed for ourselves? We already touched on the mindset, but the heart set is where we will always have that connection, no matter where we are, where we're coming from, what part of the world we were raised in. At the end of the day, 
what allows us to connect and effectively communicate is, is the heart, the emotional piece, because we've all experienced grief. We've all experienced loss, celebrations, promotions, um, frustrations, worries. So start with what we have in common, start with the heart. Um, And that will always help you to reconnect to why you're here and why you chose to be in this profession. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate those tips. So I kind of, I made a mental note, but I also made a written note. We want to become our own student. We want to continuously develop and improve ourselves in our speaking, especially in our public speaking. And we also want to continue to make meaningful connections, that heart set, being driven by that emotional intelligence is, is key. Thank you so much for that. My pleasure. My pleasure. Can you please tell us what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think other professionals should be doing the same to develop our skills as HR? Well, let me. (laughs) I have three books actually here what I'm reading, but one is by Anana Johari Harris Paris, and it is called Self Care Matters: A Revolutionary's Approach. Okay. Um, it's really about self care, so I'm, I'm I'm practicing what I preach. But this is a new concept where um, it's not just in one area, but it's it's really across multiple areas of your life. So it was new, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm reading that. Nice. Um, and then what did what else did you say? What am I reading? What else? Watching, listening to. <laughs> Well, listening to, I always listen to affirmations. One of the um, authors that I came across this year was Florence Chauvel Shin um, on YouTube. And I really like that approach. So I I listen to that and um, I'm learning some some new mindset techniques and strategies from that. Awesome. And we will share those resources in the links and the link in the comments when we um, are showing this podcast for sure. So thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. The big question that I always ask all of my guests, what is the biggest misconception about HR as far as you are concerned that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right now? That HR doesn't have any influence or power. That's the biggest misconception. I think it is a limiting belief. We carry limiting beliefs in our personal lives and then we take it right into our business. So when I talk about personal trauma and business trauma, those things, they, they just really marry how we show up um, personally is how we show up um, professionally as well. So I think the biggest misconception is HR has no power. HR actually has a lot of power and influence on people and leaders so it's first embracing that mindset and then having strategies to support that mindset absolutely i could not agree with you more that is a very limiting belief and i think it's one that we as hr professionals ourselves sometimes get um get caught up in and it could be one of those things where we actually start to believe it and we lose our own power Um, but we definitely do have power and we definitely do have influence. So thank you for setting the record straight on that. My pleasure. And with that being said, you have survived your time in the sound booth. Monique, can you tell our amazing audience where they can find you on social media? Yep, you can find me on LinkedIn. 
Monique Russell, Claire Communication Coach, just let me know that you've listened to this episode when you reach out and send me a note, or you can visit my website, clearcommunicationsolutions.com, bookmoniquerussell.com, or just drop my name in Google, Monique Russell, Claire Communication Coach, and you'll find a lot of ways to reach out to me and contact me there. And your guide comes out when? Oh, my guide is out already. It's out already. already, So um, you can put the link in the comments for anybody who really wants to use this tool as a resource. I know a lot of people cannot afford to work with a coach one-on-one. It's a significant investment or even in a group setting. But this process really takes you through your audience, your storytelling, your your intention, your intention about communicating your message. And it's a great start for anyone looking to develop their speaking skills or communication skills. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Monique. And with that, thank you so much for your time for joining me on today's episode. I'm sure that our audience really enjoyed listening to you and I'm sure that they will be reaching out to you. I will share all of your resources and your connection links in the comments. And thank you once again, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Julie, for having me. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.